The Steve Warren Project. Sports and whatever. Well, looky there. I guess you can't look. It is audio after all. Uh, Listen here. I don't know. It's the SWP, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Welcome to it. It's all about Ottawa sports talk and whatever. It's Steve and Jimmy schmoozing it up once again. Had a couple of days off there, but we are back and ready to rumble. Long weekends behind us, and uh, and good to go. James, how are things? Yeah, I'm okay, Stevie. Yep, I'm all, yeah. I'm all good. Uh, yeah, I've got, I've got. I'm sitting around my house. Uh, you know, the COVID thing is scaring me again. Right? There's there's a bunch of bunch of new warnings. You know, second strains, new variants. Uh, you know, from Brazil, BC's at a record high now. They were they were kind of the best in the country uh, for a while. And uh, so I, I put on my, I, I decided I'm not going to leave the house much anymore. Might even get the kids to drop the food off at the front door. And uh, so I decided that a few days ago, Stevie, and I, I put on the extra long basketball shorts a few days ago. Uh-huh. And they haven't come off. Okay. <laughs> it's, a bad, it's a bad look. I hated the long, I hate the long basketball short look. Okay, that's fine kicking around the house, fellas. Okay, but uh, I did run out to get get something yesterday for a quick minute, and and I I did it with the basketball shorts on, Steve. Okay, you can't no. you can't leave the house with the basketball shorts. You sir have given up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it is all super serious now. There's no doubt about yeah. that. What's going I on, mean, man? Yeah. And then it's a new variant, right? This is. Uh, you know, we just shut down the world for a year, and this new variant seems to be, I don't know, from a higher league or something. Uh, this, you know, this this co- this normal COVID, it's it's bad. We shut down the world, uh, but uh, this one's even worse. Well, that's just swell. And uh, here in Ottawa, you know, we suddenly went into uh, we were in a red zone, and then they did this weird emergency break pulling. Oh, I don't know what the hell that was all about. They introduced the shutdown instead of lockdown. And uh, and now our medical officer of health, Dr. Vera Etches, is furiously writing letters to the province suggesting that we shut our schools and that we have a stay-at-home order come into effect because mm-hmm. we're at an all-time high right now as of today. It's crazy. Right. I saw a poll. It might have been a couple of days old. Uh, why, why are people lining up at Ikea in Ottawa? Yeah, I, I saw you. T- you texted me about that, and I meant to ask you. I, I don't know what that... I'm not sure what that reference is to. Did you see a story on it or something? Uh, well, someone was freaking out that there was this big lineup at IKEA amidst a time where we're not supposed to be doing anything. Uh, and I'm, I think it was an Ottawa store. Um, the other, the other thing is, so I, I, I don't know uh, the backstory. There's <laughs> well, I think uh, lining up is better than everybody piling in together. So I guess we have guess. lineups all over the place, grocery stores and things like that. I'm just, I'm assuming with a, with a giant lineup at Ikea, it was people bringing instruction manuals over to see. <laughs> Going, can you guys not change this? Can you not fix it? Okay, you've been the brunt of jokes for 50 years now at Ikea. Uh, anyway. And do you have anything better than an L wrench for me to put this nonsense together <laughs> with? Do you have a better tool for God's sakes? Yeah. And you know when the you know that things are going to be bad, Stevie. When in their instructions, about every fourth paragraph, there's a there's a a, a note saying if you're missing parts, you know, come on in and we'll fix you up. I think it's yeah. a play. 
I think it's a play to get in the store. Maybe buy a couple more things, you know. Oh yeah, they've definitely got that. You know, they, they got all that they, angle. They've got that yeah. labyrinth in there to make sure you uh, you see everything before you leave. You take five feet in, five steps into the store, and now you're in a one way track, and you got to go through everything. I think I'm I'm fairly sure. I don't know if you remember the Centrum Mall in Canada. Yeah, I do. And how yeah. and that parking lot and how weird it is, and mm-hmm. you know you, you have to drive over here, but drive about two hundred meters to the left to go right. Yeah. Um, the idea I is that you pass that. by as many stores as possible. So I think that Ikea actually designed that parking lot. Yeah, maybe they did. Maybe they did. Uh, anyway, uh, the other thing, Stevie. Uh, so baseball's underway, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, sounds to me, I've been watching the Jays, Stevie. Sounds to me like everyone in the know about the Blue Jays is saying, big year ahead for these guys. Big year ahead. Nice start. Uh, yeah. So I know, Steve, how to comment on that without knowing anything about baseball. Okay, check it out. Okay, this is how this sounds, okay? Okay, so it was like, like if you hit me up going, Jimmy, the Jays are out of the gate, right? They're doing well. I go, absolutely, Stevie. Deep bullpen, okay? Deep bullpen. Uh, we've got young bats, okay? We've got, we've got the young guns at bat, you know, getting lots of hits. And uh, their starting rotation is really strong. How's that, Stevie? Right there. Well, I mean, you've got the three elements of the game there, but uh, the big worry about the team was literally the thing that you came came out of your mouth first that you were excited about. Deep bullpen. Actually, no, no, it's actually really shallow. But good try. They are off to a good start. You could have left it at that. <laughs> how does it? How does the team, Steve, have a shallow uh, pitching staff? Okay, a bullpen. Okay, how do you have a shallow? When I looked at the roster, Steve, and you have twenty plus pitchers on your team, how are they all shallow? Well, it's it's shallow as far as quality, not in terms yeah, of number of bodies. Yeah. yeah, I understand. Anyway, so uh, here's the thing, Steve. Speaking of COVID, so uh, they start in New York. Uh, they win that series two one. They go to Texas, mm-hmm. okay, on on Monday to open up a series there with the Rangers at home. Okay, the Rangers are fans not allowed. Uh, they sure are, Steve. Okay, capacity, Stevie. They sell. They they allow, allow anyone in. Okay, at that game. Yep. Maskless. Just, what? What? Sorry. Maskless. Yeah. Or just just. I don't know what the. It's probably a thirty or forty thousand seat stadium or something, and they filled it up. Yeah. Am I missing something there in Texas? I guess they got the they got things uh, all, all everybody's vaccinated. I I don't know, but uh, yeah, they had thirty eight thousand fans. They called the game a sellout. Toronto beat Texas six to two, and they were supposed to have a mask mandate. But you, the, the cameras showed fans in the stands, like dozens on dozens of them, who weren't wearing any face coverings at all. Yeah. So yeah, uh, kind of strange. But they're and you know the 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 last year America has dealt with this differently. Um, we actually kind of smirked it, not smirked, but we kind of mock what they were up to and uh and now they're doing things differently once again as uh they're really starting to open things up in a big way and not just as not just in sports but uh pretty much across the board yeah i like like i'm in if you're in okay folks i'm i'm trying to follow her. by the you know and russ said so you got that texas uh ranger game okay with with thirty eight thousand or whatever you said and uh, russ was telling me yesterday we recorded suspendables that in beverly hills you can't you can't go anywhere without a mask on, not even outside. That's weird. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. Anyway, I'm staying home. 
I'm gonna keep keep my smelly basketball shorts on. This really should uh, this really should not be a regional thing. It should be, you know, everybody yeah. should be getting on the same page here. And if we'd done that, everybody on the same page, everybody uber strict for a month or so, this right. thing could have been in our rearview mirror a long time ago. It's like to me, Jimmy, right now it's like there's a blazing fire. And there's a, a big fire team who shows up and sprays the water where it needs to be sprayed. And then it's like 90% out, still 10% fire going. And the the firemen drive away. Yeah. But yeah. You got to put it all out. And they're doing, yeah, you got to, exactly, exactly. And there are vaccines now, right, that they're rolling out. Mm-hmm. Um, I registered to get mine, Steve. And uh, I'm not sick enough to get it. You got to. So it's my age group here in Alberta, which is uh, whatever it is, born 57, born in 1957 to 1964, and I'm a 61 baby. Uh And uh, so I went to sign up. You go to the pharmacy to register, or you can do it online. And uh, so I did it online, actually. When you say you're not sick enough, what does that mean? I I was just going to explain it, Steve. Oh, sorry. My bad. A little patience here, my friend. (laughs) Go ahead. So... If I could, if if I can get cancer or get pregnant, I can get the uh, vaccine. If not, I got to wait. I I, I got to wait. So, um, w- which makes sense. They're rolling it out with people who are a little more, you know, or more vulnerable to getting to getting sick. So, well, we can all get cancer. Uh, but here's the other deal, Steve. Here's the other deal. Uh, my son uh, happened to be in a pharmacy and walked up and said, "Can I get the vaccine?" With no pre-registration or anything, the guy said, "Yeah," and he gave him the vaccine. <laughs> so, uh, I guess what happens, what can happen, is you make an appointment, which you have to do here, mm-hmm. to get the shot. Uh, so it's you know it's books kind of solid, but sometimes people won't show up, and I guess the vials get open, the the vaccine vials, and they only last five or six hours when they're open. So there's before expiring. If you happen in there, it's a bit of a lottery, but uh, that's how he ended up getting hit. Someone said, yeah, someone just didn't show up, so might as well might as well give it to you. So Cool. Did he get the one that needs a second shot or the one, I think there's one, maybe Johnson & Johnson. I might be, I'm speaking out of my ass here, but there's, I know there's one that you only have to get one shot for. Which one did he get, do you know? I, I, I don't know, but the, the one that no one, they, they put on hold, right, was because people were blood clotting from well, it. That's the uh, one I can I, get right now. I can go Astra, to the pharmacy right now. Yeah. AstraZeneca, um, I think it's that's it. Yeah, and but I'm you don't want that one, Steve. Well, lots are getting it because it's a, so. A buddy of mine is a teacher, and he's the same age as me. He actually texted me and said, "You know, are you going to go and get that?" And he said he's done the stats on it, and he said twenty five cases in total out of twelve million uh, got the blood clot thing, and most oh, are okay. women. Most are women on birth control, and uh, I'm neither of those things. Yeah, uh, you know, you're, you're, <laughs> I got to get pregnant and you need to be on birth control. <laughs> uh, anyway, my uh, my ex-wife, who's a doctor, heroic status, you know, looking after COVID patients, was telling me yesterday that, you know, a few months back it was jam-packed, um, you know, in, in, a, in a perverse thing. They had to, the, you know, the chief of the hospital was, telling doctors to get these death certificates signed up quick because the morgue was overcrowded. Right. You know, to get these funeral homes in to do it. And and 
as of yesterday, now in that same hospital, there's only five COVID patients in there. So we'll have to, this, this week will be the big, the big sign of what's going on, right? With the, the strains right. that they're saying are happening in the variant. So let's, let's talk in 10 days and see where everyone's at. So yeah, let's, All right, let's take a time out on the program. When we come back, we'll get into some sends talk. So we'll talk sends. They fired their goalie coach. We'll get to that after these words. Trucks and minivans cost less to insure than small cars. You get a better deal on home insurance if you have good credit. The biggest insurance brokers are owned by insurance companies. I'm Josh. Make sure you choose a broker who has your best interest in mind. All Insurance Ontario is independent, family-owned, and has your back. Text me at 613-860-6008 to get on our team. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Oh, man, I'm addicted to Pico Pizza. I'll tell you a little bit about it. Pico is Ottawa's home for authentic, old-school, custom-crafted Neapolitan-style pizza without all the fuss and expense of fine dining. Pico is quick and easy, fresh and healthy, and so delicious. Made with the highest quality ingredients. Hey, craft your own thin crust pizza masterpiece with unlimited toppings for only $15 and ready in 90 seconds. Pico. Use the Pico app and save on third-party app fees. 236 Richmond Road, 170 Metcalf Street, and they got a new location at 305 Rideau. And reignite your love for driving with a new Ford at Jim K. Ford. Get behind the wheel and hit the road in a new 2021 model with great features like available Ford Copilot 360 driving technologies. You'll find all of the latest innovations that are made available for new Ford vehicles. So visit Jim K. Ford and ask about their great offers on models like the Escape, Edge, Explorer, Ranger, and F-150. Only at Jim K. Ford in Orleans or at JimKFord.com. The Steve Warren Project. Sports and whatever. All right, so the Sens, four three losers to the Winnipeg Jets last night. And it was honestly a quite a frustrating hockey game. Third period. It's very rare where I will just shut a game down. And that's what I did. Like the like Sens never. looked like a... <laughs> I mean, I, I rarely miss a game, period. I can't remember the last Sens game I missed altogether. And I haven't missed any this year, even though they're bottom of the standings again mm-hmm. but th- this game just frustrated me they looked like a like right out of the gate the Jets score in the first two three minutes right out of the gate and for so much of the first two periods they just looked like a b team playing in an a league they just seemed to be i don't know every time there was a loose puck 50 50 you know they seemed to be like surprised by how aggressive the jets were really oh, hey he. <laughs> i mean there's no urgency just flat as hell and all these really careless turnovers that just created one Jets opportunity after another. And uh, and so, like I say, with about, I don't know, 12 minutes left in the third period, sends down 4-1. I, said, I even said it on social media. That's it. I don't turn games off very often, but this one's done. Good night now. And then I immediately get my Twitter account filled up with all kinds of notifications because the Sens scored two quick goals to make it 4-3. Some were saying, you're a jinx, stay away. Others were urging me to come back and watch what could be an exciting finish. But either way, that was just a really bad performance. That was limp as hell. You know, there's a list of things that are responses when they throw out there, you know, how bad is our team right now? Okay, and then you'll have these these answers, right? And, And some will be, our team is so bad. How bad are they? 
Our team is so bad. No, okay, sorry. Do it again. Okay. Our team is so bad. <laughs> How bad are they? They're booing the power play. Right? You'll hear that. Right. Uh, you know, that they can't sell out the arena. Okay, those are big signs, right? Those are big signs that the team's bad. The other, the other one that's in there, Steve Warren shut the game off. Right. That's big. That is that's big. That's big. That's how bad your team is. Uh, a couple things here, Stevie. I don't know what you think about this, but I think the shortened schedule that the league came up with to pull off a year uh, with COVID is backfiring on them. I think it's backfiring on them uh, because teams are starting to juggle now, right? There's there's anywhere from 20 games to 30 games left, I guess, with all the postponements uh, left in the season. And and when you look at the standings, I was looking last night, uh, it looks like people are starting to get flushed out, you know, like the the each division has seven or eight teams, right? And top four from each are going to, are going to move along. And I, I think now they're looking at it, like the Ottawa senators, for example. Okay. They got no shot now. Stevie. None. Okay. They're all, they're almost, they're almost the X is almost going to come up there besides saying out of a playoff position. And, you know, I bet the league now is going, well, this is, this is like, how are we possibly going to keep up the interest in the last, you know, few weeks of hockey, Steve? Yeah, I don't know if that's um, because it's a short season or not, but it certainly, I mean, it might be. Uh, all I know is that I looked at the standings the other day, and I, I've got, I would feel very comfortable, very comfortable betting big money on 12 of the 16 teams making, like there's, like 10 of the 16 are locks. Right. And then there's a couple more that are almost locks. So I would say 12 of the 16 playoff spots have already been grabbed. There'll be some jockeying for position, but with the parity in the league right now, I don't know that that's all that important. It's not like, and it's not like home advantage beyond last change matters mm-hmm. a whole lot. You don't have mm-hmm. your wild fans. That's such a hard place to play in, yada yada. So right. I think you've got a situation where there really aren't that many uh, things happening. But you're quite right about the Ottawa Senators; they are way out of it. And watching that game last night, um, and, and I shouldn't talk in such negative terms because they've generally since. You know, the, that first 12-game stretch where they were totally unprepared to play the season and not by their own fault. Uh, they just they had 10 months off because co- of COVID. Mm-hmm. They had no preseason and exhibition games. They had a big turnover on their roster. So any team in those circumstances would suck out of the gate, and they did. And they've yeah. been okay since, though. They haven't been that bad. But they were pretty much the die was cast on them in the in the first month of the season. And now we're a month left. And now you, it sucks that they're they're where they are. But it's a great opportunity for a team that's in a rebuild to say, okay, veteran A, B, C, D, and E here who, mm-hmm. you know, we, we had you around for mentorship or because kids weren't ready. You only have a month left in the season. Stop playing these guys. Stop playing these older guys. You know, I don't care what happens to them, really, because they're not part of the long-range solution. Any guy like that in the press box, onto the taxi squad, whatever mm-hmm. it is, start bringing up the kids this is like a pseudo training camp. You got a month to look at these guys when it doesn't matter. So it sucks that the Sens are where they are, but it does provide them with a unique opportunity to see the kids in real live fire action against other teams who are playing their faces off to try and get a playoff spot. Yeah. And listen, man, teams got to be getting tired. 
you know, with, with, you know, three, four games a freaking week, mm-hmm. you know, that you got, you got to play, you know, back a lot, tons of back to backers. The, the COVID thing, Steve's got to be grinding on people right now, you know, uh, on players right now, you know, like, here we go. Okay. We're playing at home. Well, that's good. So maybe they get to go home. Mm-hmm. I, I guess, Steve, I, yeah, I'm assuming, uh, you know, that they can, but, but visiting teams, right. In the hotel, on the bus. Uh, so, and we're out of it, by the way. Okay. And we got no shot. Right. Okay. So it, it, it's gotta, it's gotta be tough. And, and now if you're a fan of Buffalo, for example, you know, or the Sens, uh, you're right. I mean, let's, let's do something, but what's the motivation, Steve? Like, even if you're, even if you own a hockey club, okay, this has been a long time now, Steve, where these guys haven't made a dime on a ticket sale, mm-hmm. you know? And and that that's the obvious, right? When we talked about that originally, how are these teams going to make money? But now they're going into you know hundreds of games now. Okay, right, right. That 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 they would have had ticket sales, and they got and they got none, right? So everyone's going, okay, this is this is too much, man. This is too much, you know. Yeah. So uh, no, there's no doubt. I mean, they they lost what about uh, they lost ten games at the end of last regular season due to COVID. Mm-hmm. And then they lost all the playoff revenue from fans. And now they're going to have a 56 game schedule this year. Again, no fans. Um, and the TV deal, you know, it's, it, it, it's relevant, but it's, uh, it's not paying all the bills. There's no doubt right. about that. I understand, for example, that, uh, that like ratings are down when I thought they would be way up. And that's what I understand. Now, if you're a sponsor, right. And you're on, under normal circumstances, like here's the deal. Here's what our ratings are. You know you're going to get a few million people watching each night. Da, da, da. Here's how we set the chart. Here's what you're going to pay. What about now, you know, mm-hmm. if no one's watching you? Now, if you're the Ottawa Senators and you're a sponsor of that team, of those broadcasts, you know, what, what are they saying, Stevie? You know, hey, wait a minute here. We're not paying full pop right now, um, you know, where we can't, we, can't, we can't have the same audience that we've had. So anyway, all that shit's got to be weighing on everybody. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, in, in terms of advertising with the club, it's uh, it was already in a, in a tough place because team has not been very good, and right. a lot of people have uh, become disenchanted with the owner. And there's no question that uh, that's had a trickle down effect. People buying tickets, people buying their advertising, you know, rink board advertising, getting yeah. their suite, getting their season tickets. How that's long all factored last? in. Yeah. So it's, I mean, even before COVID, there was, uh, in, in this unique circumstance in this market, yeah, it, it wasn't easy. So it's uh, it's kind of doubly poor right now. But at least there's now the, feels like the black cloud is starting to lift a little, given the sends. Uh, despite my angst over last night's game against the Jets, generally speaking, there are a lot of good young players that, that fans are starting to get excited about and mm-hmm. uh, and hopefully better days ahead. You look at that TV deal. It was a twelve-year contract with uh, with Rogers worth five point two billion dollars, and that's that does seem like an incredible amount of money. But then you think about, okay, we're going to split that over twelve seasons, and we're going to split that between thirty-one teams, and suddenly you realize, okay, that ain't paying, not close, not paying, right, not coming close to paying all the bills. One last sends note before we get away from the sends, though. Um, they fired their goalie coach today. What's up? And- yeah, so Pierre Gru has been with the club for a while, and uh, I just—it's a bit of a head scratcher. And 
it looks like a bit of scapegoating. Let me just um, let me read the press release from the Ottawa Senators today. And uh, Pierre Dorian had an interesting quote in there. And the odd timing, the, the, the timing is odd because this team has actually had pretty good goaltending since their starting two goalies got hurt. Matt right. Murray, their prize free agent signing at $25 million over four years, two-time cup winner with the Penguins. He comes in. He wasn't very good. The backup, Marcus Hogberg. Uh, he was more of a homegrown guy. They drafted him like 2013, and uh, he comes in, and he wasn't very good. And then suddenly all these young guys in replacement come in, and they've all looked very good, whether it's Decord, Gustafson. Um, they brought in Hedberg uh, on a waiver claim situation. So all of a sudden you're like, okay, things are going all right. And so all of a sudden you fire your goalie coach, Pierre Grew. It didn't seem to make a lot of sense timing-wise. So I think one of two things have occurred here in that Pierre Grew, the goalie coach, has been made a scapegoat because probably the owner at some point, and just this, I'm imagining this going down, the owner saying, hey, uh, why exactly did you make me pay $25 million over four years for this guy who uh, who's not been very good and then all these guys who were already in the system are way, way better? And then now you have, okay, er, um, mm, goalie coach's fault. Eh? Goalie's coach, yeah, it must have been his fault. And, and I'm not and I'm not buying that, to be honest, because Pierre grew. It wasn't his fault that Matt Murray couldn't catch a puck. It wasn't his fault that Marcus Hogberg couldn't stay in his own net, just sliding out of the – his angles were bizarre almost. Right. Um, so that's one theory. The other theory might be that Matt Murray just does not see eye to eye with his new goalie coach. Right. So maybe he was, okay, I'm here for the next four years. I'm making 25 million. The big investments here. I, I don't get along with this guy. And uh, I'd like you to consider something else. Gotcha. Well, you know the way it goes, Steve. You know, you just, you just summarize the sense year, right? Terrible, awful. You turned the game off last night because the team is so flat. No one can seem to figure it out. God, if I had a dime, Steve, when a team was in that situation where all the management got together and said, you know what? Got to fire the goalie coach. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I don't know, it's like, it's kind of like, like the fans and everyone, the press and everyone's on the sense to make some sort of big changes or, you know, to make a change. And they're coming up with this sort of, who, who fires a goalie coach? You know, whoever fires a goalie coach, you get rid of them. Maybe, you know, you get, tell the guy, go look for another gig maybe, or, you know, see if you can find something else. But, yeah, they switched him out. He's got another job somewhere in the organization, a scouting yeah. role or something like that. But this is Pierre Dorian's quote. Unfortunately, a number of our goaltending performances this season have been underwhelming. I think very highly of Pierre Gru. He's as dedicated and tireless a worker as anyone in the organization. But we recently reached a point where we thought a fresh outlook could help return some stability to our crease. And uh, why, why are you giving him all the grief for Matt Murray and none of the credit for how well these young guys in the organization have come up and played in the last month. I mean, it's a little different if Matt Murray comes in there and the goalie coach goes at him and saying, hey, you're a great player. I see you got the big dough, but I want to, I want you to work on a couple of changes here right away. You know, mm -hmm. we, need, we need to change your technique here. We need to change your style, right? And then if you're Matt Murray going, you know, I tried this thing. This guy's a maniac, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like golfers firing their, their, their teachers, you know? 
uh, when when really the teacher d- didn't didn't make a wholesale wholesale change, you know. And, yeah. I mean, anyway, I don't know. What do I know? Fuck. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Way to drive home your point. You're making some sense there, and all of a sudden, nah, I don't know. What do I? I don't know. I, I don't know. It's, like, just, you know, it's kind of weird. <laughs> Whatever with the goalie coach. You know? Yeah. But anyway, it's it, it is weird for sure. And uh, they brought in a guy named Zach Burke, and he was briefly a Tampa Bay Lightning goalie. I don't know, twenty years ago. And uh, kind of interesting, he's DJ Smith's goalie coach from when he was an OHL coach six years ago. Oh. So the game is run by your connections, is it not? Connections are everything. Yeah. And uh, and so they bring him in. He he was also um, with the Arizona Coyotes, working with goalies there, and the sense of a massive Arizona connection with, uh, you know, the new president is uh, is the Arizona organization. And uh, so there's lots of connections. But yeah. the one that I find yeah. most interesting is that he's the brother of Sebastian Bach, who's the lead singer of Skid Row, big famous heavy metal band of the 1990s. Yeah, I can whip off a good symphony. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, um, you're talking, Steve, about the sort of nepotism there, right? With with hiring buddies and stuff like that, right? Absolutely. Connections, right? And, and everyone, everyone always... You know, fans always get on organizations when, when the you know the guy steps up and says, you know, I've hired my son as the as the uh, assistant general manager, right? Um, however, you know, Doug Wilson, right? His his son is an actual manager. Jim Treve living son, Brad. Uh, although Jim was involved in the team, the Oilers, Stevie. Uh, everyone was on them, going, "All you do is recycle guys. You've got this." You've got this great crew, Stevie, from the you know from the late '80s uh, when Gretz was there, and even after they won a cup, uh, when Gretz got traded, and and so they 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 were hiring guys from that that group of players, right? And the fans were going ape shit, Stevie, ape shit. Okay, so their their bench was Kevin Lowe, Craig Matavish, Charlie Huddy, uh, Craig Simpson, Kelly Buckberger. Okay, that that was all their coaching staff. Steve Smith was on there for a bit. Okay, and everyone's looking. I go, well, those are the guys who you all just all played together with, and everyone ripped them for it. You know, the year they did that, Steve, they went to the Stanley Cup final, right, against Carolina, when 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 all that was happening. You know, sometimes so it works. Some, sometimes it works. Yep, sometimes it works. Well, we always go with people we're comfortable with, right? There's no question about that. Um, there was a local podcaster named uh, Giuseppe Gallardo, if, if memory serves. And he, he, he took me to task. It's like, why would you get Jim Jerome to be your co-host? It's like, well, he's a guy I'm comfortable with. You know? Right. We, we go way back. We have connection. And that's another bit of nepotism in the podcast world. Right. And, and maybe, you know, thinking of that, that goalie coach firing, right? When you, when you say the guy's bringing in, uh, that the team's bringing in has a, has a relationship with Smith uh, from the past, although, you know, in, in the distant past, uh, oh, six years, then you not got that me, long. Now you got me thinking, Stevie, that, that DJ goes and makes the call. That that not Matt Murray, but Smitty goes and goes, I, I, I never liked this guy. I didn't like it. I told you we should have got this guy in the first place and blah, blah, blah. So maybe Smitty makes the, the, the toss there. 100% that's a possibility. I mean, mm-hmm. he's got a big voice with this particular general manager in Pierre Dorian. Um, you look at, uh, they brought in all kinds of guys. You, know, you think about the deals that they've made with the Leafs. They bring in Connor Brown and Nikita Zaitsev, who, by the way, DJ Smith called him a warrior 
And I'm like, I'm not sure the average Sens fan Ooh. would look at Nikita Zaitsev as a quote unquote warrior, but clearly DJ Smith likes him. Anyway, so they made deals with the Leafs and, uh, you know, last year was Scott Sabrin, who was a tough guy on that OHL team for DJ Smith. Uh, he was kind of out of the blue. He'd never played in the NHL before. And all of a sudden he's an Ottawa Senator this year, Josh Brown, never been a full-time NHLer. Uh, this year he is. He was the captain of DJ Smith's OHL team. So yeah, nepotism all over the place, no doubt. Right. Who? Who? I got a question for you, Steve. Okay. Uh, you being the quintessential rabid hockey fan. Uh, so your sins are out of it, Stevie. Mm-hmm. Who else is out of it? Who's who's not going to be Calgary struggling? Buffalo. Who, who do we got? Winnipeg, Toronto, Edmo. Buffalo and uh, Detroit. No, the Northern Division. The, oh. the top top four. Who's gonna Who's gonna whip through there? Edmonton, oh. Toronto, uh, Edmonton, Toronto, Winnipeg, and Montreal will be your top right. four. Yeah, we're gonna lose Calgary and Vancouver, right? And Ottawa are yep. are, are gonna be out. And Calgary and Vancouver are out ish. They're not yep. done yet, but uh, you know they're right now well, eight points back of Montreal, so not looking good. Yeah, except Van- Vancouver has 32 games in hand. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> not yet. Montreal, uh, they had their own COVID scare, if you'll recall, not that long ago. So right. they've played 35 and Vancouver's played 37. It's Calgary that's pretty much done with just, uh, they only have 16 games left to play and eight points out. And uh, well, they really have not fixed their season with a coaching change. There's no doubt. Right. To my question for you, uh, my Oilers are, are at your sins, or our sins, I'll, I'll say, mm-hmm. uh, on Wednesday. Yep. Um, you got to pick a team now, Stevie. You want me to jump on the Oiler bandwagon? Absolutely. You got to jump on the Oiler bandwagon. Yeah, I'm taking your Oilers. Boom, shakalaka. There we go. Good. Nice. All right, let's take a time out on the program. We'll come back with our final fires. <laughs> <laughs> Back with our final thoughts after these words. A lot of people I talk to end up asking me about what coverages should they have for their house. How much do I need? Why would I want that? Hi, I'm Jared Gerard, All Insurance Ontario. Call or text me at 801-2659. Give me a call. Let's have that talk, and we'll make sure that you have the coverages that you want and that you need. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Jim K. Ford has been the dealership that I choose and have for 20 years now. But did you know that Jim K. Ford is also a full-service commercial and fleet dealership? So they supply companies in the Ottawa area with work trucks of all shapes, sizes, and functionalities, from small delivery vans right up to the big F-750s. So uh, if you're in towing, landscaping, deliveries, or really any job where you need a big truck, Jim K. Ford will help you with the right truck for your needs. JimKFord.com, 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans. Hey, do you love pizza? Then you need to check out Pico. Pico Pizza is made so fast right in front of you with only the best, freshest ingredients. Create your own Pico masterpiece or choose from one of their incredible chef-inspired variations. Pico, it's a totally fresh, delicious, innovative take on pizza. Order online or drop into Pico today at 236 Richmond Road, 170 Metcalf Street, or their brand new location at 305 Rito. Pico.ca, that's P-I-C-O.ca. And compared to this time last year, the Ottawa residential home market is up 27% with an average sale price of $717,000. Are you curious to know what your home is worth? 
Call the Glen Walton Real Estate Team today for a free, no-obligation estimate. You will be shocked to learn what you could get for your home and what similar homes are going for in your neighborhood in this market. Call the Glen Walton Real Estate Team today at glenwalton.com. All right, let's close it out today, James. Certainly, uh, Taylor Hall is in the news and that everybody's expecting he will be dealt like any second because uh, the Buffalo Sabres have said, yeah, Taylor Hall is not playing tonight. He's not hurt. So one of those deals where I think they're just shutting him down until they find, um, well, a happy place to trade him. And what a year for a guy that, uh, I mean, he could have, he's still going to get paid in his next contract. But I don't think he'll get nearly what he would have had he signed long-term last offseason. Right. He decided to go to Buffalo. Buffalo? Why Buffalo? And and sign a one-year contract? Um, I, I never quite got that at the time. And now it really looks, in hindsight anyway, like a like a terrible decision. Well, you know what Buffalo has to do, Steve? Well, it's going to fire the goalie coach. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow it's Pierre Grew's My fault. final thought. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. <laughs> uh, I'm, me and my basketball shorts are out of here, Steve. Good night, everybody. We'll see you.